we are back with the next episode of the Raiders Rambles. I am Jolt, your chief host of the show. And fortunately this week, we are without our co-host, Avira. He is at the moment feeling crook and wish for him to a quick recovery from whatever ails him. But never fear. We have, as always, our interim host, Noble. Yeah, good morning, and it's pissing with rain where I am, so yay, winter's here! Except you're on the wrong side of the world, and I am um, in the middle of a in the middle of a scorching heat wave. I'd love morning. to have that. Yeah, well, I've had friggin' 30 degrees slash borderline 100, or even days out of crossing to the 100 Fahrenheit the past couple of days, so... Toast? Yeah. That's nice. That's real nice. <laughs> I don't know. You maybe if you like to see melted squirrels, sure. <laughs> Anyways, joining us on the show, Bear Wolf, Jack Welcome of back. all trades, master of absolutely nothing. Always great to have you on. Yes, glad to be on. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. go ahead. And sorry about that, but today coming to our rescue is Gear. How's it going, fellas? Good to be back. Welcome. Mm-hmm. I'll be back on. All right. So I hope yours hasn't been absolutely as chaotic as mine in terms of just life, life stuff. But, you know, we've missed all the heat waves and what have you. I hope you find the time to relax and have fun and enjoy this, enjoy the simple things in life, like you, Beowulf. You, Ish. if I recall it, you were at the biggest furcon ever, Midwest Furfest. Yes, sir. Fifteen thousand, what? Fifteen thousand five hundred and forty-seven, something like that. Attendees Holy over the crap. Last three days. That is impressive. Yep, there was a lot of people. It's going to be the biggest one ever, no? Well, I mean, every year it's the biggest one ever because it's the biggest one ever. And the AnthroCon goes and we're bigger. MFF goes, we're bigger. And they've been doing that since 2018, I think, is when MFF surpassed. But, you know, yeah, they've been doing the back and forth game since 2018. And I, I don't think that AnthroCon is going to be able to squeeze out 15,000. At that point, no. No. I don't think they got the room for it, no? Or... I, the problem is that, like, I, I know MFF is starting to kind of reach, like, a, a soft ceiling. They're, they're not, like, absolutely selling every single room in the entire area out, but, I mean, they're, they're getting up there to where it's getting harder to get rooms because there's so many people all at the same place at the same time. And that lottery system thing, right? Yeah, the hotel lottery was crap this year. Like, not even joking. I, we had a group of uh, four. Three of us got in on the room lottery. And we didn't get a room. But I was hearing, you know, chatter that there was single people getting into hotel rooms at the main con hotel. And I'm like, the crap? Weighted groups? Whatever. I guess not. So, so hang on. You just basically buy a ticket and spin the roulette wheel and if somebody 
send you an email. Oh yeah, you got a room. That's how that works. You don't, there's yeah, no, yeah. uh, that, it's, it's, you sign up and the person who, and, uh, well, you have to have a, t you have to have a ticket to sign up to the room lottery. So you have to have registered and then oh, you okay. can go and, uh, have your team, have everyone who's going to stay with you, uh, in your room, sign up under your name with a special code. And that's supposed to give you extra weight, as in you you get more favor to get in to the hotel. Right, and that applies to like every single hotel in the in the vicinity of the don you know the convention center. Yeah, it, well they they do a room block. Oh, they're all lottery. It's not yeah. just the main. Their their entire thing is uh, lottery based, but after the lottery, holy is crap. Over, Double book rooms or stuff like that, and everyone actually confirms, and then it opens to general book. Then it opens to registrants who had entered the lottery, didn't get a room, then they can book a room, and then it opens to the general public. So basically, within thirty seconds, everything is gone. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I literally was like the second that they said it was open, I or like five minutes before, I was hitting the refresh button on my computer. Because I'm like, I I need a room. And there was no rooms at the immediately close hotels. So I had to stay like two miles up the road. But um, MFF does this really, really well. They hire private buses to run two dedicated lines to uh, two groups of hotels. And there is... Uh, two other hotels that have their own dedicated shuttles that will run you back and forth every 30 minutes. I stayed at one of those hotels that had a okay. private shuttle that was only, <clears throat> that, only there and back. That's kind of like how Furpok did it. They had a, they had a shuttle going between yeah, the I mean, between the other hotels. It was kind of cool. I mean, it was a pain in the ass because it was every 30 minutes, but yeah, that, that was, it, that was, was my, it worked out for people. That was my only thing that I didn't like was it was every 30 minutes, but other than that, I mean, it was it was overall pretty good. There was um, there were some issues, like there is every year, but mm -hmm. you know, it's nothing that right. I, I, <clears throat> I um, mean, some issues are more pronounced at Midwest Surface than at other smaller cons, and I get that, such as yeah. the um, the registration line. Oh no, registration! I mean, the fact you got fifteen thousand people. Registration <laughs> this year was incredible. They peaked their their peak. Was seventeen hundred people in an hour? They registered seventeen hundred people in an hour. That was their that was All the right. peak that they reached. So that's incredible. We're getting their badges and getting to go into the con. Like that's they, like, that's nuts. They're getting registration down pat like that. That's not a problem anymore. I remember like twenty eighteen. It was several dozen hours to get in through the registration line and i this year it was like two and a yeah. half hours and, I, or and then but like you had the benefit hours. of being the 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 up in the upper class yeah i i was i was an upper class citizen but even even so then, what were you super sponsor or something i was i was a sponsor um okay and of course you know there was all the mff had its usual problem of there was at least five ambulances a day. Wouldn't be a fun That's normal with yeah. that many people. With that many people. 
that's that's normal. I, All the young furries don't drink. They have two beers, and then they end up on their ass. That's that sounds about right. It, it, there was a lot more hard substances, from what I heard. Oh Jesus! Okay, well that's I, even worse. Like uh, lots of illicit substances were that were there. That's even worse. Well, they they say they make that makes the potty better, but is it worth it? Well, yeah. Um, the elevator started breaking down. Okay, that's normal it, for a con. It, it's end of the year. Maintenance has been put off because they want to wait until you know this thing's over and people got trapped in elevators. Yeah, I saw that. The one, the, the two by four sticking out. Yeah, yeah I saw that, that. That happened multiple times. Multiple times. Yes, that, that, that was not just a once-off. There was uh, that happened several times. I think it happened three or four times during the con. Oh, I heard a fire alarm was pulled, but I was not aware of anything at the main hotel. So I don't know if one actually did happen. The walkway of doom was the walkway of doom. It wasn't an inferno the, this year. Right, it the was, sky bridge. Yeah, the sky bridge. Yes, they were um, about so there's a lot of trash in there, though. I saw that, too. Yeah, well, I, must, I am obliged to share a Skybridge meme, and people have lost their minds over it. Oh boy! Oh yeah, the AI picture. This is it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch that movie. I would totally watch uh, that movie. <laughs> no, I will say, I will say this: the heaters were not on, except when you got close to either end. The heaters were on. Other than that, it was cool the whole way across the Skybridge. Okay, so it wasn't it wasn't two thousand degrees like it normally no, is up there. No, it it was actually very pleasant to walk across there. But I was watching uh, someone posted they're like uh, they bought some expensive CO two monitor and were like, look at how high the levels of CO two are in here, and it's like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was like way above safe working conditions for a uh, area. Right. But, you know, you're not intended to stay in the Sky Bridge. No. Um, Dealer's Den was enormous this year. I mean, yeah, you've got a, a lot of people saying merchandise, art, commissions, everything else, what have you. Yeah. Um, but then I heard everybody complaining about they had, like, they had, like, they gave up dealer spots for, like, I, some, like, I everyday, everyday stuff. I saw one like Pokemon plushie seller, like Japanese good seller booth. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was enormous. It was probably six, seven tables long. But then it's like nobody talks about the Japanese car seller or importer. Nobody talks about the board game seller. It's like the only picture I see is of the Japanese good reseller like the japanese pokemon plushie seller that's the only picture i see of that nobody they were about selling cars at the yeah. con there was a japanese car importer at the I con i saw that one too yes so now we're selling so now we're selling cars at a fur con oh my god micro cars at a fur con oh uh, my god what were they selling those little pickup trucks or what yeah, yeah, yeah that's little, exactly what they were selling they were Japan. selling that and like, uh, like a little city car that's tailored for Japanese roads and stuff, yeah. selling it in the U.S. But the point still stands: they're they're bringing their cars into the dealer's room, and you know, 
It's like, wh why, why are you mad about the plushy seller? When you yeah, I thought a, a furcon was supposed to be all the artists, all the furry artists and, and painters and, you know, little knickknacks and fursuits and stuff like that. I, I, I go back and forth on this because it's like people are, if you don't support them, they're not going to come. They're obviously getting enough support that this is worthwhile to them. So it's like you're you're literally causing this yourself because there wasn't a time that I didn't see someone. Well, I wasn't in the dealer's den very often because it was sensory overload. It was just so loud in there. Yeah, you, and you're probably better off spending your time rather than buy, you know shopping around buying stuff. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Cool. I dropped a crap load of money in the dealer's den. Oh yeah, as you would typically would. But I also spent money in the in the artist alley because that's where some of the bigger names were. Surprisingly, they weren't in the dealer's den; they were in the artist alley. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think what else there was. I don't know. I mean, you apart know. from that, you had the panels. You had the. the I hear the line to the dance competition was just super duper, really long. I mean, if I didn't, I don't bother with dance comp at MFF since I got kind of burned at MFF over that, and I'm like, whatever. I don't really care. You can, I don't, I don't care to watch the dance comp because it's people who have danced it. 70 other conventions and it's like whatever but yeah, yeah, same thing over and over again right everything was line con i mean everything was a line to get somewhere yeah that's what my experience even in mff back in 2015 like there were considerable lines to be in the dance comp crowd to be in the crowd for special events and panels and what have you there you go yeah, and, I mean, for yeah. opening ceremonies, there was three different lines. There was the Chinese line, there was the sponsor line, and there was the peasant line. I think that'd be the peasant case. line. <laughs> you peasants get to get seated after all of we do, and and yes. like there there was a lot of sponsors. There was like probably a thousand sponsors. It felt like because like you never, get sit there and you get an argument about it. Every, every time I went into a sponsor line, it just kept growing and growing, and it's like, how many freaking sponsors actually are there? But, you know. I like that. It's like, all this count is a freaking line. A line to get in, a line to get out, a line to go to the bathroom, a line to do a line in the bathroom. <laughs> Surprisingly, that's what I felt like for a lot of it, other than panels. The panel, other that's, than what I just said, that's what I just said. That's what I mean. Other than panels, like the smaller panels, there weren't lines to get in. But if you're going to main stage events, yeah, you're you're waiting in a line. My kind of like a exactly. pop-up theme park these days. Line con. Yeah, it, it, mean... it, was, it was furry theme park. Freaking. Yeah, and, and uh, other than having it matched by an anonymous donator. This is the most that M it was the most that MFF had donated to a single. Right, I uh, hear charity. they've donated a six-figure sum. Uh, that's uh Monday, or well, it was Sunday night. It was one hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars in change. That's insane. Yeah, and from an attendance number of like fifteen thousand people. 
yeah, you're 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 talking. That's yeah. that's like a hundred big money. Person. Yeah, big money to know. a charity. That's awesome. Yeah. They must love the furry fandom now. Well, I mean, it, it was a very good charity because it uh, basically it was the charity was uh, they go and they help basically pay for people's medical bills uh, for their animals if their dog gets if their animal gets cancer. Oh hell yeah, that's a fucking great charity. And it was created because the person who created it, they. Uh, fostered then adopted a dog that got cancer and passed away from it so they created this charity and I mean they mm. they said they don't care if it's a horse a cat a dog a gerbil whatever they they yeah. basically give out like a grant or something to help you pay for the medical bill yeah God knows in today's day and age I can't afford it I got I got three cats and I got a dog you know yeah so like, them geez I'm I'm, I'm the shit. Thirty thousand dollar grants, forty thousand dollar grants way, and it's like, man, I I support this. Absolutely. The one that I used to like was the the, the one that A and E had. Yeah. The the Vesta the Vesta dog. I I donated a lot of money to that because I thought it was cool. I actually have a picture of me. I'm holding a little German Shepherd and this like cardboard cutout. That said, yeah. I donated to Vesta Dog. I, I I gave I gave the officer that was there. I gave I, I think I I think I what did I hand her? I think I handed her two hundred bucks. I'm just like you know what the hell? Yeah, of course, keep 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 the dog safe. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Put a vest on that dog. Next thing I wanted to ask while we're still on with the first Midwest Fur Fest. Um, do they scrap the parade these days because it's logistically impossible to do oh, so? Oh, they, they haven't done the parade uh, in several years. Um, they don't even do the menagerie anymore. Like, they, mm -hmm. they used to get all the fursuiters basically into the main ballroom, and we they'd have different group, group shoots and stuff. And they didn't do that this year either. So I'm guessing they don't do the parade. They don't do uh, any of that stuff. So instead, it's just become like a wander around and suit at your own pleasure sort of con. Yeah, like basically, that. you know, hey, I'm going to go and uh, meet up with, uh, you know, this maker's holding their own meet or this someone's someone's coming and meeting up and we're going to do a photo shoot of all canines here or there or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there's a live comment that... Uh, Unfortunately, I, I did see some of right. there was uh, several things I did not necessarily approve of going on. There was a lot of uh, puff hoods and latex wear, and they weren't listening to con staff, and it was being worn outside like of after right dark hours. The, you know, I was going to bring that. I was going to bring that up too. I was. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I wasn't it, there, but I've seen all the I've seen all the stuff on Twitter and stuff like that. So I just I, I want I was going to bring that up too. It and I, I get it. People are going to do it. People are going to do whatever they really feel like doing. But it's gotten to a point where uh, an Artemis uh, Wishfoot made a point on this that was like, okay, cons need to make a choice, either be family friendly and enforce their rules or go eighteen plus. And MFF uh, yeah. 
MFF that's needs to go 18 plus with just that's what I was just gonna say. Of. I personally think every Furcon should be not even 18 plus. It should be 21 plus. If you're not old enough to drink, you shouldn't be there. I didn't get involved in this until I was 21. I just personally think if you're not old enough to drink, you shouldn't be there. Period. It's not. This is not supposed. This is not a bunch of mascots running around. This is not a bunch of. This is not a place for kids. This is a place for us to enjoy ourselves. That's what it is. And if you did that, then guess what? Since you have fifteen thousand people, you have every hotel rented out. You can simply, if somebody walks up to the door, no, get out of here. Yeah, I. But that, that's that's just you know kind of how things have gotten, and it's just not. The problem is, is we're too mainstream. That's the problem. Well, there's too. Much I was a furry before that people wear. And right, but I was a furry before furry was cool. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Oh, okay, um, hipster. Okay, hipster. The thing is that cons really need to set rules and boundaries on what is and isn't allowed. And they need they need to enforce them is the biggest thing. Right. But they don't though, right? They didn't they didn't throw these people out, right? No. No, there the there problem, was the okay. problem is the ability to enforce the rules. Now, it sounds like that the people who were showing up in diapers and all that were doing it outside of their jurisdiction, which means the only thing they could do is contact the police. The other thing is whether or not it's going to be worthwhile hiring security to be able to manage this sort of thing as well. Well, whatever happened to the old school door side, it would freaking throw you out for... That's an African thing, mainly, I believe. Yeah, no, no, but I'm just saying, I, I use that as an example. Right. Where, where are they? You've got 15,000 people. You don't have a security crew? I think that there was some burned bridges with people. Uh, and the door side basically said, we're not going to deal with this. Hmm. But yeah, I, I the, big, the biggest problem is enforcing it, how to enforce it, what limitations you have to do because furries are be are rule benders. They are going to find some way to wiggle around a rule if they want to. I mean, if it's right there in the rules that okay, you can't. And I mean, I'm not part of any of this. I just run around in a fursuit. I mean, yeah, I have a a little small bulldog harness that I always wear, but that's part of my character. But whatever, that's not bothering anybody. The point is, if you're going to run around, you're going to be in like a leather outfit or whatever that stuff is. Um, if the rule says you can't do that until nine o'clock, then if you're out there at eight thirty, then somebody should be able to walk up to you and be like, get out of this or get out of here until nine o'clock. And if I see you again, your ass is out of here. Simple as that. Anyway, um, so in the Raiders yeah. chat, someone's finding it a little difficult to comprehend just the sheer number of people that are at the con. What was it like? Uh, almost two thousand or twenty thousand? Uh, you said earlier fifteen thousand. There was fifteen thousand five hundred and forty-seven official attendees, and there's like a, I think there's like a thousand staff that's not counted, and that doesn't count dealers either. That counts attendees. 
All right. Those so accounts are the random people that are there. You are looking at about three to four thousand people in one location. Minimum. Like bare absolute minimum. I, I bet at the like the brunch or it when there was big main event stuff going on, there was five, six thousand people. Like the raves, I bet the raves were between four and six thousand people every night. Oh, easy! That just become like you know a giant. That, that ballroom, that the main ballroom that they hold stuff at, the, the Hyatt, you could literally park like two semi tractor trailers back to back, and it wouldn't be anywhere near the walls. It's there's it, that I mean, many people in the rave. Yeah, the the rave. Like I I have one picture that I saw on social media that I took, and it was like. I didn't take the picture, but some one of the DJs took the picture, looking out into the room, and all you can see is faces out in the crowd. And yeah, it's like that is entirely too many people. That it's, it's yeah, yeah. At that point, wow. it's like you know, like what what are the prospects for growth at that point too, right? Like, well, yeah. That's I mean, you're them, you're yeah. starting to reach the capacities of your venue, even like yeah. I know we we're not. I know that uh, MFF isn't taking the entirety of the convention center, but I mean, you're you're we're taking up more than half of it. So yeah, and you were and you were sharing space with a couple with a couple of interesting expos as well, like the you know the like the, the weirdo taxi, con the, and yes, the, the weirdo taxidermy con and the adult pickleball championship of America or something like that. Yeah. And you said yourself, every room was rented. Yeah, like, like I, I noticed there were rooms starting to like dot hotels around the area as we got closer to the con. <laughs> but the hotels were doing their usual thing of, hey, I'm going to do a 400% markup because people want this room. So, oh, yeah, so you now a $200 done. a night room is $500? Uh, no, a hundred dollar a night room a week before or a week after the. So a lot, but yeah, to, um, I guess to finalize this whole in big shindig about Midwest Fur Fest, would you like, but like, what would you think? Would you, would you actually recommend, you know, recommend this con or is it just become way, way I, too chaotic for its own good? Like, I heard a where... lot of people saying this was their first con and they were so happy it was their first con and i'm and i i told every single one of them you just have to realize the expectations that this con puts out there's not going to be another con that can match that because of that size gap mm -hmm. yeah like if it, you want that size of convention you either go to an outdoor event or i'm um, going to try anime Comments. Yeah, th that's the only way you're getting anywhere near that. Otherwise, you're you're going down to two, three thousand people. I mean, you look at BLFC. BLFC is third or fourth in the top ten furry conventions, and it's like thirty five hundred people. And it's like even that's too many. That's way down from fifteen thousand. You have two cons that just dominate the top title of biggest fur con. Yeah. And you're not yeah. going to beat that. You're not going to beat the names they have. You're not going to beat the number of panels they have. You're, you, it's impossible to have lower expectations. 
my thing is those I, I i i obviously i've never been to those big cons but time it's like i would i would prefer to have you know 17 1800 people or even right. six people so you get to hang out with people you get to shoot the shit you talk you get to know people you, 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 you you're not going to do that if there's 15,000 people you're 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 every which way which is what happened to me for Bach this year you're yeah, drug every which way because you're running into people you haven't seen and, and, oh, and I, let me go talk to this guy yeah and i get that too it's like it's a matter of attention and all that but that's a whole number of thing and i get and that's whole kind of worms the experience because like you said like in an experience of like fifteen thousand, you know all your attention is dominated by all these panels like which one do i want to go to etc etc it's it's a sensory overload yeah, yeah. It's, there's there's I mean, too much that, going on at once. Yeah, I I made the mistake in 2018 of booking myself back to back to back to back to back to back to back of panels, and I got burnt out. This year, I made sure I had plenty of time between panels, and it was a lot more fun because you you just have to realize, okay, I need time between this and that. I need time between this and that. I I'm going to not pack my schedule completely full. I'm going to leave a few hours here and there to go fursuiting or to, to catch up with friends or to go play a board game. That's what I was just going to ask you. It's like, yeah, okay, do you fursuit? It's like, when the hell do you go fursuiting, you know? Yeah, I basically took an afternoon and I said, okay, there's nothing that particularly piques my interest. I'm taking the entire afternoon off and I'm going to fursuit which I didn't because the convention space is so hot. Yeah, claustrophobic, hot, whatever you want to name it, and, you know. I, yeah, well, with that many people, Jesus, even, with, even if they had the air conditioning running, it's probably 200 degrees in there with that many people. I mean, I, I think it probably averaged upper 80s in most convention space. Still. Oh, my God. And it's just yeah. in Chicago. I don't know what it is about Chicago. It's dry I, and windy. I literally, and well, no, this year it rained three of the five days I was there. Oof, yeah. But and the snow hasn't. I up literally get yeah. into my fursuit and just start sweating immediately, and it's like, why? Nice, humid. Probably that's probably why. That was the that was the mistake. That was the mistake I made at Furpock. I was out of practice. I hadn't been to a con, and, well, yeah. since the pan, since the last Furpock. No, and no, no, no. I went to Furpock, and I remember I came down out of the room, and I went down in there, and I wasn't down in the lobby ten minutes, and I thought I was going to die because right. I was just I was out of practice. And it's not like I hadn't had my fursuit on yeah, since but, then, I mean, but it was just like not in that setting. And it was it took me shoulder to shoulder with six thousand other people. Yeah, it took me a day. It took me a day to get back to where I was, you know? Logistically, I think MFS is reaching the upper limits of what they're yeah. able to do. Yeah. I, 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 I hate to say it, but I, I don't... Unless they change venues, which they haven't... <laughs> where are you going to find a bigger place? I, I looked. Probably. I specifically looked, and it was like, MFF has been at the same spot for... Almost like 15 years, I think, is what it was. They've been at the same hotel. In years. Yeah, the Hyatt Regency O'Hare in Rosebud. Yeah. 
And basically now the only place they can really go is outdoors at that point if they want to scale up. Well, I mean, they, they can go further into Chicago. Yeah, you know, Chicago oh. proper downtown. That's that. their only option. Right. Because they're just so big now. Mm. Yeah. Do, but yeah, but further in Chicago, do they have a bigger area to support that many people? Yeah, there, there's a convention center. There's another convention center. Someone I was talking has actually had this exact conversation. They're like, yeah, just like two miles up the road, there's a better spot that we could hold this. Huh. Right. So with that, let's move towards the um the next item that we've got. All right. Now here's oh, a bit oh, of an oh, interesting I know what case, this is. like you know, in the modern era, and why some of the old ways are the best. Okay. Now, in further making the case for physical media, Sony announces PlayStation users will soon lose access to legally purchased Discovery Channel content. See, this to me, this website to me, and whoever made this post obviously never read anything of their contract that's like the terms and service of their um of uh, discovery plus or playstation online or whatever you want to call it because if you like look at steam and stuff you don't own shit you own a code yeah a that's license all you own and they can revoke that at any time You own nothing, and you will be happy with it. Right. And that's pretty much the saga line of what it is to live in the modern era. You're just basically yep. like an eternal renter or something like that. You own nothing, and you will be happy. You get nothing and like it. Yep. Like whatever so, you thought you owned in the clouds. Nope. Out of curiosity, now because yep. I haven't really paid attention to this, are they referring to content that's already been downloaded? If it, it sorry, does PlayStation allow you to store this material locally? Right. In the, yeah. The in your, if you you download it onto your PlayStation's hard drive, or you know, in some cases you stream yeah. it. Like you know, with games, you know, the games will get downloaded onto your PlayStation hard drive. They installed. But they can go and be like, "Oh, you don't have that license. You don't have the license authenticated anymore. Guess what? You can't play that." All right. So, really, in this case, with the with the thing, the licensing issues that the Discovery Channel was hit, like as of thirty first of December twenty twenty three, due to our content licensing arrangements with content providers, you will no longer be able to watch any of your previously purchased Discovery content, and the content will be removed from your video library. Yes, you own, you own the license. The company that sold you that license no longer owns the license. You no longer can do anything with your license. I, I think people will eventually be like, hey, why is this happening? But, you know, it's going to take a lot longer and companies are going to have that death grip on everybody like they already do. So I haven't checked iTunes's... Um terms of service recently but right. what you can what will happen is that material can be removed from the itunes store itself if however it's on your device 
or on your computer, you can still watch it. But once, uh, say, for instance, the file becomes corrupt or you lose that computer and you don't like back up your library, it's gone forever. You're, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Now there was because another service makes, yeah. that existed that tried to distribute um, movies. So you buy a digital license that went belly up, and I was never able to either contact staff or download an English copy of the movie, which just really pissed me off. So when it comes to digital content, treat it as if it's uh, you know temporary. Never like uh, Beowulf said before. You don't own this. You just have the rights to use it. So it's rented. Yep. And you know this is why, like things like having local copies of digital stuff, like you know, you you buy you buy a thing off iTunes, and then you you know you download it, you save it on your local drive, and you keep it more or less. Or you know, you buy games like from GOG.com, which you own as DRM free as a viable alternative is you know a better case there but are some questionable tools out there where if you buy something on itunes uh you can remove the drm so it's then drm free but that is very questionable sort of behavior yeah that's versus yeah, you know yeah. going full on torrenting <laughs> yeah i mean you know that's uh that's the thing we'll get into next but I mean, in a way, like the whole discovery thing may have been an affected issue because they just recently merged with Warner Brothers. So, I mean, take that for what you will, but that's it's one of those things. But I think you're right, Noble. You've got really two options if you really want to keep your digital copies. You've got either torrenting or, you know, singing sea shanties. If you really want to, um, uh... I spent $120 recently on when there was a sale and bought myself a four terabyte hard drive. Please tell me how you're going to fill that up with movies. Please. You don't, right? Like digital, well, you've only, you know, it's capacity limited. And even then, you've got to rotate out the physical drives. Well, if you're smart, for instance. Um, so, for instance, myself, I... Anything 4K is too big. I can't yeah. play it back on any of the devices I have. So 1080p is like perfect. Uh, 720p is fine. But that file size is quite small. So you can fit a shit ton more on there if you just do things properly. But that does require understanding uh, how to convert videos, how to access materials. Most people don't have the time for that. Talking a foreign language to me. But really, I think this is, in a way, there's another tangential argument that's also that can also be said about the whole removal of digital files, and that's um, you know, archive for having the files for archival purposes and you know preservation. And well, it's at this point, yeah, go ahead. So, sorry, archive.org. Go to that website and look up anything that you want. It's got a search option, so if you can't use yes, Google, um, but we're get talking help. about you know, multi, you know, enter multimedia, entertainment, you know, games, music, all that stuff. Oh, that shit's all on there. All right. You know, but if you paid for it, technically you should be able to get it. Okay, your computer crapped out. You already paid for it, so you should be able to download it again. No. 
Not if uh, they say that your license is invalid. <laughs> so, what? Well, license. What? I already paid for it. I own it, don't I? Most people make that assumption. Most people fail to realize is that there's always terms and conditions. It's the same as if you rent a house or a property. You, while you do have rights to that, you know, particular spot, uh, because you're renting it, there are still limitations on what you can and can't do. For instance, myself, I'm in public housing. I can't run a business here. I'm not allowed to do that. If I was to run a business, it, I'd have to be one, extremely careful with what I do on site, and two, I'd be better off having a van and doing stuff on site. But in general, running a business, no, I'm not allowed to have pets. Now, someone may rent this in the same building through a different company, and they may allow pets, at which point I'm screwed, but the other person is fine. It's the same as if someone has a PlayStation versus a PC. I mean, yeah, there are things you can quote unquote do, but the other person can't. Okay. All right, I get that. I mean, yeah, and, and like with how the PlayStation deal is actually going, it, as as it said in the article, it's because that license was bought by someone else. Therefore, yeah. the original person who sold you it no longer owns it. So you bought it from, it's like trying to, let's say you bought something from, let's say, Circuit City. Circuit City no longer exists. I remember Circuit City. I bought my first fucking flat screen from them. Circuit City no longer exists. You can't get warranty support through Circuit City. No, no, I was PC Richards and so on. So you're hosed is what it boils down to. You, you gave money to someone who no longer owns what you say that you own and can prove that you own, but that doesn't matter because, hey, guess what? I changed a one from a zero. Your stuff doesn't work anymore. Yeah, so now since you, and essentially since you bought a, you know, a license to use that stuff from the Discovery Channel and that, you know, it got taken over, you know, bought out by Warner Brothers, now it's just become like a massive kerfuffle if you want the license back. It's, yeah. it's, it's a total head, yeah. Head case go through, but realistically, as I was saying, with the whole you know, with there being an argument for like archival and stuff, you know, this begs the question: Is piracy like a sort of necessary evil to um to the archival of entertainment stuff for like for the generations to come? So, for the video game industry, that is actually true, and the fun part is that some games, some game companies. <laughs> that have the rights to certain games, but they don't have the source code anymore, end up relying on cracks in order to redistribute their games. It's happened even on Steam. Right, you know, what, what with the whole, you know, Rockstar selling crack, the crack versions of their own games? Yeah. Wait a minute, isn't Steam, isn't Steam like majorly locked down? Like yes, you couldn't, if, you couldn't do that if you were... you're thinking on the player side. You're not thinking on the corporation side. They still have to get the game somehow, and if the only way they can distribute a you know 
re-release of a game is by applying a crack that's freely available to download off the internet. That's what they have to do. And then people basically call them out on it, and it's absolutely hilarious. Basically I remember something when I was a kid. It was called something called Game Drive. And it was like a... Uh, this thing you can install, and then all of a sudden you were able to get all kinds of games. I remember that. Because they were all listed on this thing. And it was something that I downloaded off BitTorrent or something. <clears throat> but you were able to get anything you wanted, basically. Yes, whatever you wanted. I mean, I that was it. That was, I think, how I got Half Life. Yeah, I got Half Life that way, and Counter Strike. I never paid for those. I do feel that, unfortunately, with how modern corporations do their stuff, I I feel that torrenting and pirating is unfortunately a necessary evil. Yeah, and if if companies are gonna have their stuff get wiped out by a merger or by something else, as for a uh, preservation method as well, yeah, I I I feel it's a necessary evil. Yeah, and so when you say that pirating and stuff like that, is that the same as like all of us did back in the day with like the LimeWire and stuff like that? Oh, I, uh, I used to crap out of LimeWire. Granted, LimeWire, Aries, or whatever it was, and we all got music off of it or something. If you weren't I really used, careful, you got viruses. I used to work at a computer shop. I wasn't paid, but the business used to make shit tons of money thanks to Napster and LimeWire. Yeah. See, I was too young for Napster, but I remember I remember downloading off of LimeWire and downloading off of the other one called I believe it was called Aries. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. But you know, it's like the same thing. But like that was before BitTorrent. Bit. Uh, I forget when they came out. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, as I was kind of saying this, though, like it's kind of akin to like you know piracy is kind of akin to like going to the pirate bay and then just looking for um a torrent and is downloading or whatever have you so but yes i do have to agree like if they've become too restrict if um businesses and what have you have become too restrictive with, with that sort of thing with the deals and that then yeah looks like piracy is pretty much the way to go piracy emulation and you know for a lot of things Archive.org does already have uploads for it. I found plenty of old cartoons, books. There are video games. There are songs even up there. There's manuals. Yeah. I found a lot of people don't know about that website and they don't right. ever bother checking it. Right. And yeah, now you bring that up. The, 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 the one that sold all the ROMs for the N64 games, right? Yeah, and no, that was a whole other thing. Yeah, emulation, pretty much, and that's Nintendo. Pretty much, has um got to stick up their ass about it. Yeah, because I remember, I remember one of my buddies showed me. He's like, "Hey, man, you gonna play Goldmine for 64? Watch this." And he types it up on the computer and does it, and then bang, here it is. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now. But that's, yeah, but that's pretty much, well, I guess, where we're headed to, you know. 
the whole let's just say that the whole you know we we basically live back in a subscriber world of sorts and it's like Behewolf said you will own nothing and be happy my concern is that a lot of people are going to blame Sony over this and while yes they do hold some of the blame itself first but off people should be upset about the contracts but you should also take a look at the parent companies behind the actual whole thing. Oh, the guys behind the curtains. Okay. No. The, so who, who bought out Discovery? That'd be Warner Brothers. Did Warner Brothers cancel the deal? Not sure. I think it's just the whole, like, they, they probably, it was a licensing mishap sort of thing that kind of caused it to be to happen, I guess. So if you, yeah. So in so I would say it's just more like I would say it's a you know a communication between those two like who can if the licenses could even be restored if at all. So I guess there is that. But really, I think you know what I am going to have to say once more time like my favorite Three words. Return to monkey. Get yourself like yeah. get yourself physical copies of the stuff that you own. Yeah. If you can, that's the problem. That's the hard part anymore is getting actual physical yeah, if copies you can, of stuff. Right. You know. So they don't. So they don't. You can't go buy physical copies of games anymore. You still can. Oh, you still can. It is like, very hard. You know, DVDs, games, books. All that stuff. If you can, then preferably buy physical. You know, buy the tangible object. It is yours and yours, through and through. But yeah. But if not, then you know, purchase lo you know digital copies that you local that you can locally have on your you know digital storage system on your drive. Anyway, yeah. So. Anyway, aside from that, we have one more item to go through with on the show. Yes, it's the game that everybody and their mother seems to be really, really hyped about. <laughs> and incredibly mad. Yes. So how many times has this happened so far with you know this particular game? What is it, like five times now? Yes, like they kept saying, oh, okay, it's coming soon. We, got new we might have news to share. And then now... And then, no, they suffered leaks, and then now it's finally here. So, I mean, I won't be playing it with the sound on, but... But, yes, um, they finally did it. They finally launched the trailer. And, like, if you've... And so how many of you have um, actually watched the trailer firsthand? I, I haven't. I I, I managed to watch it, and like, things. It's more like, you know, of course, yeah, it's showing us that this is the you know, the world that Grand Theft Auto Six is inhibiting in. Now, didn't they go back to the first city that they um, used? Vice City. That's what you know. The popular thing I've shown. Oh, Vice yeah, City. Yeah, from two thousand and two, and now they've um, given it a new, you know, up for like twenty twenty three. I just, I, I, I'm a big Grand Theft Auto fan. I always was. So it's like when this popped up, it was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know? 
I and I started playing. I started playing Grand Theft Auto when it was the original Grand Theft Auto, and it was the overhead, you know, little whatever. I played it before. Like most people think Grand Theft Auto, it's like Grand Theft Auto Three. It's like no, I started with the original Grand Theft Auto. <clears throat> right, and like when you look at this trailer, like what do you like? What goes through your mind? What do you think of it? Like. Pretty. The graphics. The graphics are insane. I mean, I don't have any of these systems. I don't do any of this. I don't play video games anymore, but it's like, you know, I might have to go spend a whole ton of money and go ahead and get something so I can play this, because this just looks badass. Has the specs, the um, like minimum requirements? No, it's, it's, not coming, yep. it's not coming out until 2025. The specs aren't going to be until the end of 2024. And it's not even coming out for PC. They only announced it for consoles. Right. Like, I'm definitely not playing it on a computer because I don't I don't have a computer to screw around with it. But it's like, you know, like I'll go buy a freaking Xbox or a PlayStation, whatever it's gonna be on. I'll go buy that just to play this, just because it's it's Grand Theft Auto. It was like one of the, those were like my favorite games ever. It's like you know, screw around with an Xbox, it's like I just wanna play Halo. It looks that like someone spent a lot of time in Florida. That's precisely yeah. it. It's Vice City. Vice City is based on Florida, if you've ever played that game. Yeah. yeah. In 2002. All the cars look like they're based off of real cars, which is awesome. Yes. <clears throat> Not to mention, um, they're basically intent on um, releasing a lot of references to Florida in Grand Theft Auto 6. You know, that's well, why everybody. If, if you really it. think about it, they've had how long to learn about it? They've developed another game that they can implement stuff from to add into it. I mean, you're you're talking they. This game should be like all GTAs, an entirely another level. I mean, Grand Theft Auto. Five or four, or whichever one it was, had a hell of a storyline. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I imagine the story is going to be meh because they're going to focus on the online aspect where they can make oodles and oodles of money. I don't know. The story of the story of GTA Five was pretty awesome, and I remember I, I played that. Mm. And but that was you know fifteen years ago. So I'm curious, what's this controversial part about paying to play now? Right, the whole Grand Theft Auto 6. Um, I mean, we remember we talked about the past episodes that, you know, play to play like by the hour rather than, you know, you own the game, you pay for it once, you play it and, you know, you play for as long as you want. You know, Rockstar fought about charging it by the hour. Yeah, I don't, I don't think gaming's yeah. quite to that point yet, but I can see that being around the corner. Right. Well, think about how many hours I spent playing that. I mean, they they'd make a lot of money off of that. Yeah, oh, but no you know that that's that's the thing. We're still in the you buy it once, you own it until you do something stupid and get banned. Yeah. Um, but if they go to a pay as you play. They're going to earn more money, which is why I think they were thinking about it, but 
the technology to allow that kind of thing to happen isn't there yet. It's close. I, I could see that happening within the next decade. I could see us having libraries of pay-to-play games. So imagine that you played this game for how many hours this month and your father's freaking out? Oh my god. (laughs) I can understand if they're gonna give this game away for free and only have it digitally. Because if they're going to charge people You can't do hard copies if you're gonna do a pay to play. If they're going to have um, give out a hard copy and then charge people to actually play it, there have been experiments where companies have tried this sort of thing before and it's basically fallen flat on its face there's an early dvd player that would play a special disc but you could only do it with your with an active telephone service (laughs) yeah that didn't last very long right and I mean, and to say nothing about everything else, though, um, did you guys actually think, you know, like, you look at this, everyone, you gotta, let's look at this from, like, the perspective of everybody, you know, who has, who's really, really wanting Grand Theft Auto 6. Like, do you think um, this trailer was actually worth the, the waiting and the hype? No. No, it didn't give me the fizz. I mean, it, it's it's cool, but it didn't give me the fizz. They, no. they, they gave too little information about anything they give you little tiny glimpses, little tiny snapshots little tiny samples of kind of everything and it's not enough to satisfy that itch of course there will be more but it's it's just not enough for for, for what was yeah right off the rip no the um you know the most looked sort after get you know game in the next couple of years that yeah Yeah. It's like a quick snapshot. That's about it. Pretty much. And I mean, yes, it's it's pretty like it really feels like I get it, like it, it's pretty. It feels like the world is alive. It captures the character of Florida so damn well. And that's pretty much what we're left with. We've got, you know. Yeah, but they didn't have sanctimonious in the front of it. That's what they should have done. What I think they should have released was actual gameplay and not um, trailer material. Yeah, exactly. That, that would that would have probably set better. Yeah, but that's probably coming, right? The next couple of fucking months, weeks, whatever. Yeah, I I, if, I would imagine so. If you're going to have to pay to play it, you will have individuals who are definitely going to jump on there, but I don't believe they're going to get as much um, activity as they'd no. probably be expecting. No, it, it has to be, you know, I'm payment or free. Otherwise, people aren't going to be interested. 2020's come and gone, so unfortunately, people still have to go out and work. <laughs> Whoops. Yep. <coughs> oh, yeah, we got <coughs> to work. But, you know. You got to work to play Grand Theft Auto 6. Sorry. Yeah, really. I got to work. I got to work fucking 55 hours a week so I can play GTA for three hours when I come home from work. Yeah, but you it's also 25 gotta... bucks an hour. Yeah, but you also got to factor in all the other overhead costs, like, you know, the power bill and, and um, subscription, you know, internet, PlayStation Plus, 
Xbox. Oh, they don't care. They don't care about that. They want $25 an hour so you can play their game. Yeah, fuck that. So forget about just driving around aimlessly and running people over. No, those, those days are gone. <laughs> like, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play the missions. I would actually even prefer to um sub- to have to subscribe to GTA Six at that point. Yeah, like World of Warcraft. Well, I quit that. I quit that thirteen years ago. I'm done with that. But that, yeah. that game almost freaking ruined my life. I'll never do that again. So, but what do you feel at the moment? Like, is that you feel a bit more? You know, now that they finally came out with something more tangibly official, you feel a bit more optimistic about the game. No. Not really. I, I, I've, I've seen enough GTA launches in my lifetime to know that they're going to pile drive into the ground with their face, and then it's going to be okay in two to four years afterwards. Right. All I know is because I'm a fan, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's, that's my thing. Because I'm a fan. You know? Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Now, in any case like this, I believe that is that's all the time we've got for the week. <laughs> um, who'd like to um wrap up this week with um close quick closing statement? Who'd... MFF uh... was great. You don't own anything, so uh, rent and be happy. And is fine. That sounds. That pretty much sounds like about it. I'll back that up. You get nothing and like it. Yeah, unless you, of course, have the tangible stuff that they're trying to get rid of. As I said in the Raiders chat, MMF is basically Disney World now. Uh, pretty close. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just remember, uh, try to learn about computers just a wee bit more than you should, and you know, have fun. Yeah. And pretty soon you'll be able to play the latest GTA game on your phone. They did that once, didn't they, with the PSP? It'll be freaking downloaded to your neural link. What are you yeah, at that point, phone? you just basically play it off of your brain. Exactly. We had to wait 12 years for freaking the next one. Yeah, and then you just basically... We can't like, rush into these things. You know, and then after that, you just basically, like, tap your own brain and said, tap your own brain and said, I want to play Grand Theft Auto 6. Bam. There you go. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Just don't forget, like, most... At this point, I would say the most crucial point... The point of evidence... Or, well, the, the most crucial piece of advice, if anything, I might, I might have to impart to you is... Keep your physical books, your cash money, your discs with you. Carry them as far as they can go. Yeah, the other thing is store them properly. I mean, yes. I've suffered from disc rot myself, so fun. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. All right. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as we did making this show. Made this work. <laughs> As always, our episodes are available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player.fm, iHeartRadio, BitChute, and more further down the line. All right. This is us signing off for the week. 
farewell and until next time. Bye-bye. Bye.